We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Wednesday, October the 21st, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on October 21, 1879, Thomas Edison perfected and turned it on, a workable electric light at his laboratory in Menlo Park, New Jersey. Today in 1797, the U.S. Navy frigate Constitution It became known as Ironsides. It was christened in Boston's harbor. Today in 1892, schoolchildren across the United States observed Columbus Day, Christopher Columbus, by reciting for the first time the original version of the Pledge of Allegiance. That was written, as you probably know, by Francis Bellamy. It was written, actually written for an article in a magazine, the Youth Companion or Youth Companion Magazine. Today in 1941, Wonder Woman made her debut in the All-Star Comic Book issue. Issue number eight of All-Star Comics. It's worth a lot of money today. If you have one from your childhood days, um, you might check it out because it's a collector's item. Anyway, that happened today in 1941. Today in 1960, Democrat John Kennedy and Republican Richard Nixon They had a rather um, strong back and forth in their fourth and final presidential debate. It was held in New York. Probably nothing like the debates that we see now and we'll see again this week. Today in 1971, uh, President Richard Nixon nominated Lewis Powell and William Rehnquist to the U.S. Supreme Court. Both nominees were confirmed. Today in 2014, an interesting thing happened in North Korea. The North Korean government had jailed this guy. Jeffrey Fowl was his name. He's an American. He had been in prison about six months, and they suddenly just released him. Nobody could quite figure out why. There hadn't been any real efforts from what I have been able to see from on the part of the United States. But anyway, he had been there obviously doing Christian missionary work. What he had done, and someone that was with him told the story as well, they went into this nightclub in uh, North Korea, and um, they left a Bible on one of the tables in the nightclub, and then they left. They didn't hang out there. But someone saw them and identified the guy that left the Bible as an American. The authorities showed up at his hotel room and arrested him, and he was in jail for uh, six months for leaving a Bible in a nightclub. Just think about that for a moment. Five years ago today, Vice President Joe Biden made a big announcement. Hillary Clinton had been waiting for this announcement. She needed him to make this announcement. He announced that he would not, repeat, not be a candidate in the 2016 White House campaign for the presidency. That, of course, cleared the path for Hillary Clinton to become the Democratic frontrunner which she was and did and ran against Trump. She still is suffering deeply 
over her loss to Donald Trump nearly four years ago. Interesting how politics work when it's your whole life, and it was her whole life. Much like Joe Biden, Joe Biden has said repeatedly that he, this has been his lifelong dream to become president of the United States. And the polls are saying this morning that he will, as a matter of fact. And there's plenty of people out there reporting that today. It's interesting. We'll see how this works. I know one thing, prayer Prayer is the only thing that's going to help us in our country today. Politics are merely, uh, miserably failing. They always do, but more so today than probably any other time in history, with the exception, perhaps, of Abraham Lincoln's time, his, his presidency in the second term. That was much like what we see today, except they didn't have the social media and all of that. The Pope made it a curious statement today. Um, I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't had time to really look into this, but it's being reported by several news organizations, one of which is very devout Catholic, and they're not very happy about what he said, nor should they be if this is correct. But what is being reported this morning, again, I just saw this a few minutes ago. I haven't had time to look into it, but the, the report is, that the Pope is calling either this morning or last night, the Pope is calling for same-sex unions to be recognized. And a quote that I saw he supposedly made says he was saying that they have a right, the homosexuals have a right to be united and they have a right to be included in the family. If that's true, that's certainly a departure from what the Catholic Church has held up over the last number of years. I've worked closely with Catholics in the state of Washington when we were working on this, trying to preserve marriage back in the day. Some of you remember that well. Um, The Catholics were working very closely with us. I was the spokesman for the effort to do that. We didn't succeed, but we had a lot of energy going into it. But It's hard to beat King County and the Seattle Times, it really is, and and the other lesser papers, but it, it's very difficult to beat them at anything because they're very unified around certain issues. Homosexuality is one of them. Abortion is another. But a lot of Catholics came out and were very uh, supportive of what we were doing and very much involved in that whole effort of that referendum. So this surprises me a little bit that the Pope would say that, but it's out there, and there are reputable people that are quoting that this morning. But if that's true, uh, pray for the Pope. He needs to rethink that. That's not the direction I would think that the Catholic Church would want to go, at least the conservative Catholics. And the Catholics I know definitely would not want to go that direction. Tomorrow night is the final debate, so-called debate, in the presidency, uh, presidential campaign. President Trump, Joe Biden will meet on Thursday night. This will be the final presidential debate just before the election, although I'm I'm reading that between 20 and 80, that's a wide swing, but I'm reading that, in, in again, in news organizations, that between 20 and 80 million have already voted. I doubt that 80 million have. I would not question that at least 20 million have, maybe 30 million. I don't know, but 80 seems like an awfully lot. 
but there are people reporting that. There are organizations reporting that, news organizations reporting that. But a lot of people are already have already voted for sure, and uh, they've done so. It's interesting what what happened yesterday. I saw this turn just uh, as a side note to what I really want to talk about here. But I noticed, remember when all these people were going on and on and on about mail in your vote and all these celebrities, so-called celebrities, were getting on television. And, of course, they had access anytime they wanted it. And we're telling all of these, our little people across the country out here, they can't think for themselves, don't be afraid to mail in your vote. No, we should all go. Uh, Michelle Obama was heading up this big movement to to do a all mail-in vote in America. Remember that? That was just weeks ago or maybe a month or two ago. They were just, Oprah was at it and Michelle Obama and all these, you know, stars, quote unquote, from Hollywood were out there telling everybody, don't worry about it. Just we want to mail in, demand that your state government do a mail-in, you know, and all this kind of thing. Yesterday, I saw eight different celebrities so-called when you live in that place and minister in that place and we have marjorie and i were in the church in north hollywood believe me those people don't appear to be stars when you see them in real life but anyway they have a lot of influence with certain people so they're out there they're telling these people to to mail their to to force their local governments insist on an all mail-in election and don't be afraid to mail in. It's safe. It's 100%. There is no no um, uh, evidence of any, you know, fraud or any um, thing going on with the mail that shouldn't be and all of this. And now yesterday I saw at least eight celebrities on television or on video on the Internet telling people do not. I mean, honestly, they were. They were saying, do not, and their face got all scrunched up when they said, do not, do not mail in your ballot. Take it to the nearest official drop box and drop it off. Do not mail it in. These are the same people that was telling America to mail it in just a few weeks ago. That, that's a picture of how unstable progressivism really is because there is no basis, there is no foundation to progressivism, except it's narcissistic. It's very much what I feel at the moment and what I believe at the moment. Remember that woman in Spokane who was head of the NAACP? They all thought she was black like them, and so they elected her as their leader. Remember, I can't remember her last name, Soledad or something like that, but Rachel was her first name. And finally, her parents showed up, and they were like European white, and they said... (laughs) We created her. We gave her birth. She isn't black. She's Nor- Norwegian or whatever. I mean, they just, whatever they envision as truth becomes truth. And that's what creates the instability in our culture today, whether it's on the streets, burning, looting, killing, smashing, whatever it is. That's where progressive, progressivism always takes a person or in this case, always takes a nation. Anyway, Thursday night, there's going to be a debate. Trump and Biden, they have put silencers on the microphones to protect the American public from probably Donald Trump, but from the candidates, they say. 
so the mic will be silent so America won't have to endure what they did in the other, the first debate. The second one was canceled. Um, They feel like they have this under control. NBC's Kristen Welker will be the moderator. Don't expect a fair uh, event. It won't be. In fact, if you thought Chris Wallace, who's a registered Democrat, was bad, or if you thought Savannah Guthrie and her, you know, screwed up expression, that phony smile for an hour, just all she did was just go after Trump the other day at that so-called town hall meeting. Um, If you think maybe it would be a little better, it won't be on Thursday uh, tomorrow. Um, This Kristen Welker, her family is very wealthy. She works for NBC. Her family is very, very wealthy, and they're big-time Democrat supporters, and she's a big-time Democrat activist. I mean, activist, not just a Democrat. She's an activist. Um, In fact, her parents, I looked into it a little bit, her parents in their 2012 uh, Christmas photo on Facebook, um, it shows them standing big smile with President Obama and Michelle at the White House. Um, From what I could find, they've given tens of thousands, probably more, to Democrat um, activists and, and operatives and candidates, including Biden and Hillary Clinton and Obama. She's the person who was caught, this uh, Robin or Kristen Welker, who will be the the, uh, moderator, supposedly, tomorrow night. She was caught on camera when Hillary was running for, excuse me, for running for president. She was caught off on camera, tipping off one of Hillary's uh, staff members to the next question that she would be asking Hillary in, an, in the interview, really, it's undeniable. The camera was rolling, and she's leaning over to this staff person of Hillary's and saying, uh, the next question is going to be about whatever it was. Well, that's, that's who's going to be moderating the debate tomorrow night. So you can tune in with that in mind. I, I'm going to watch it, but I, my expectations for anything constructive is pretty low. And I hope the president honestly doesn't perform like he did in that first one. I, I think he would be better served if he wasn't quite as aggressive and quite as disruptive. But who knows? Donald Trump is who he is, and he was elected because of that. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. But anyway, that's a little background on what's going to be taking place. Some of the hypocrisy that we see in our culture today is almost undeniable. That's why we do what we do every day on this program to the best of our ability. I don't claim that we talk about everything that's going on out there. Couldn't be done. No one is doing that. But we try to pick the ones, the issues and the events that I feel would be most important to the Christian community, the conservative community. I want to thank you. The few reports that we get about listenership are humbling of how many people listen to this program. I have been told in the recent past that in some cases, this program is number one in a market or two against secular programming during the hour, the half hour that it's on. I I don't know that to be true, but I was told by people who do know what the ratings are in various communities. And I say that 
in great humility because I want to thank you for, first of all, making this possible. We do what we do every day here live. We originate live in the morning because I believe it's important to talk about what's happening now and put it in the perspective of what happened yesterday and what may happen tomorrow, but all, all from a biblical perspective. And you have seen that vision and you believe that it's important and you have stepped up and you support this ministry. And I see it as a ministry, not a job, not a career for sure. <laughs> I'm well past my career days, in my mind at least. But this is a ministry and I believe God called me to do it. And I believe God has spoken to your heart to help us financially to make it happen each month. We pay our bills because you support us. And I want to encourage you to continue to do so. These are trying times or challenging times. But thank you for your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Or you can go to faithandfreedom.us. And there's a tab that will come up. You can see donate. You can donate online. Most of you know, in fact, the nation knows that Seattle police officers are walking out. They're leaving. It's not only happening in Seattle. It's happening in Portland. It's happening in New York. It's happening in those cities that we've seen on the newspaper front, the television stories and elsewhere on the Internet. Those cities that have been looted and robbed and broken and abused all summer and continue to be, the police officers in those cities are saying enough is enough. I want to specifically look at Seattle today. It's a, it's comparable to the others. It's not different or not worse. But it's what's happening in these cities. But as police officers now continue to leave the Seattle Police Department in mass, they're expressing what all of us know because we watched it happen. One officer said in his uh, departure interview, his exit interview, he said, I refuse to work for this socialist city anymore and their political agenda. The exit interviews by officers leaving the SPD shine a spotlight on both the discontent and the frustration within the agency. One of the officers departing just the other day, he said, and I quote, this agenda sacrifices the health and well-being of the officers and ultimately will destroy the fabric of this once fine city. The agenda of Seattle and Portland and New York and many all of the towns, the cities. It's destroying the city. Marcus Cicero was a well-known and highly celebrated, really, Roman senator and orator and a historian. He's often been quoted on his comments about the enemy within, and I've quoted him often here because it needs to be quoted, but he said a lot of other things too. And one of the things that he said in his writings, being a frontline observer and a politician at one time, a senator in the Roman Senate. He said, to be ignorant of what occurred before you were born is to remain always a child. Keep that in mind. I think it's time that the far-left children who are out there running these cities and trying to run this country, I think it's time for them to grow up and come in from the playground because they don't have a clue what they're doing to the short term, much less the long term, of our nation and our culture. 
These exit interviews from departing uh, Seattle police officers are stunning, but they're not surprising. Como TV News is saying, and I quote, Seattle police officers who are leaving the department have given scathing responses during their exit reviews. And we're not talking about three or four. It's well over 100 now. I, I saw the, the number 118 about a week ago. Today, it's probably more than that. A spokesperson for the police department wouldn't even reco- return calls to Fox News. They tried to do a feature story on this, so they wrote a feature story about how the city wouldn't even re- respond to them. Como News is covering it. King 5 is covering it. Cairo is covering some of it. The departing officers have decided to retire, if possible. Take early retirement. Whatever it costs, they're, they're out. Some of them, <laughs> Some of them are going to work elsewhere. But all of them are saying in a chorus, I'm not going to work here. One officer said, quote, I refuse to work for this socialist city council and their political agenda. This agenda sacrifices the health and well-being of the officers and ultimately will destroy the fabric of this once fine city. He had been serving on the Seattle PD for 20 years. Another outgoing officer said department morale has been negatively impacted by, quote, the council wanting to defund us and gaining ground, rioters not being charged even when they assault officers. And again, that's not hard to believe. We've watched it happen on television. Saw the pictures in the newspapers for months and months and months. This guy, this particular officer, was asked if he might return to the department in the future. He's a veteran police canine officer. This guy has 10 years. It's a different guy. 10 years with the SPD. He said bluntly, I highly doubt it. (laughs) Then he said this, and I quote, you could pay me twice what you're paying me now, and I would not work for Seattle under the current mayhem. Marxist collaborations and lack of government and police leadership. Jim Fuda is with Crime Stoppers, Director of Law Enforcement Services. They work with this SPD. He told Como News, he said, quote, it's ridiculous. He said, just when you think it can't get more insane, it does. He said, it's an absolute joke. I'm quoting him. He told Como News this. It's an absolute joke and a travesty for the rest of the citizens here in the city. This was once a beautiful city. Our police department is there to protect all of us, and because of the cutbacks in the retirement, Who's going to protect our public safety? They haven't thought that through. Because as they reduce and ultimately kill the police department, people are going to keep dialing in 911 and nobody's going to be there for them. That, again, is the problem with progressivism. It has no solid basis for what they say they believe. It's evolving. It's changing. It's fluid. And this, this is how that kind of ideology destroys a culture, and it always has. It's not just our culture that's at risk now. Every culture where these kinds of politics and ideology, Marxism, cultural Marxism, socialism, in every case, this is the end game. This is where that ends up. And then the next generation who believe the same thing, stand up and say, how did we get to this point? What happened? It's happening as we speak. Some of the mass of officers that are leaving 
Seattle, and I'm sure this is true in other cities around the country. They're going to work in Seattle, in the case of Seattle, they're going to work in Everett, Des Moines, Kennewick. Pierce County Sheriff's Department has been hiring a lot of them. Others have decided to pursue an entirely different career. This is happening in every leftist-controlled city in our country. So what do citizens do when they finally make the police department so reduced and benign because of their policies? What do people do? What do citizens do? You buy a gun and hope for the best? What are the liberals going to do? Joe Biden was talking about just the other day that you need to have a shotgun to protect yourself. I mean, you talk about duplicity. These are the same people that are just hell-bent on taking everybody's gun. So what do you do when they take away law enforcement? They're not only dealing with a political situation, they are they are taking a position against biblical teaching. Romans chapter 13, and if we have time, I'll come back to that. The Bible's very clear. God is very clear. God created sovereignty of nations and borders and languages and all of this. That is God's design. It's very clear. In the early books of the Old Testament and Genesis and other books, I've talked about that at length on this program and probably will again. God has a a, a model for humanity. The model for marriage is one man and one woman having children and sustaining the human race. God's model for nations and sovereignty is that there are borders. That's how God wants it at this time in history. And these people, when they go against these things, they think it's a political ideology. It's much more than that. They are, they are putting their fist in the face of God and saying, no, we know better. And progressivism takes hold like a, like a deadly disease. And it eats at the soul of the culture. And that's what we're experiencing here today in America and in these cities in particular. What's happening in our cities across the country has been repeated again and again in the past. Now Seattle has hired Andre Taylor. He's a high-profile activist who will become the city's first street czar. (laughs) Paid him $150,000 to provide expertise and support services in de-escalation, community engagement, and alternatives to policing. Taylor says he came up with the term street czar after watching President Obama use czars for various assignments in his administration. But not everybody thinks that's the answer. Sam Reed is out there explaining on behalf of the city. He said the new contact represents an an opportunity for the city to continue building partnership and blah, blah, blah. But Taylor has a different response. He says says to the people who do not disagree in Seattle or do disagree with this Streets Hour project, he said black people are not normally paid for positions nor their organizations, but white people with the same position are paid, and this is an ongoing problem all over the country. White people have been paid for some of the same stuff, and nobody has ever said anything about it. But a moment a black man depends, demands respect, and you value the work, and you want to use my credibility, that should have some value. Then he says, me, as a black man, has the right to be paid for my genius. So the answer to the, all of the issues in downtown, the BLM thing in downtown Seattle, is to hire a, a, a black man who is calling everybody who disagrees with him racist. Well, I have more to say, but I don't have time to say it. But we'll continue this conversation right here in the morning. And again, thank you 
so much for joining me. Thank you for your support. Thank you for the kind words that we receive in your notes. I read them all. Have a great day. Remember that God is in control. And I'll see you right here tomorrow.